Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Good morning, everyone. This morning, we have a wonderful opportunity to hear from one of our closest friends, Candace Carl. So I just encourage you to open up your hearts this morning and receive from what the Lord has given her for you today. When is a time in your life when you can remember just amazing joy? For me, there was um, a neighborhood that I grew up in in North Carolina, and they would line the streets with these white paper bags and put candles inside of them because we didn't have the crazy winters that we have here. And we would line the streets with these white paper bags and put in candles and they would light them all. And so the whole neighborhood was just like magical driving through. Well, a few years went by and me and my family moved to another neighborhood. And we had been out and about Christmas shopping that day and we're on the way home and I was really exhausted. And so starting to pass out, kind of in between that place of awake and asleep. And I was thinking about, man, I really miss how our old neighborhood would just line the streets with these bags and how pretty it was. And then I heard from the front of the car, my mom go, look. And I open my eyes and I look and there, our new neighborhood had lined the streets with these bags. Well, I had so many things that I wanted to say at once. And so it came out of my mouth like this. I mean, and my whole family like did the slow turn to stare at me. And I was like, wow, (laughs) I don't know where that came from. Basically, uh, it was so magical for me that I was literally at a loss for words and had a ridiculous moment. I think we can all agree. And now when you see something beautiful, you can now do that. Ah! So I could only imagine if I were one of the shepherds that were there um, in the field when the angels came and appeared in all of that glory and brilliance and shining light to announce these, this amazing news of the birth of Christ. Luke 2, 8 through 11 says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, maybe you're all like me and you've heard this scripture numerous times. Maybe it's your first. But like God usually does for me when I'm reading over scriptures that I've read time and time before, something new began to pop out to me. And when that happens and you're reading the scripture, pay attention because that's the Holy Spirit trying to speak to you. So this word joy began to pop out. And if I'm being honest, the word joy has been standing out to me for the past few years. Think back to that question that I asked you about a time in your life when you can remember having great joy. You probably thought of a time with all the happy feels, right? 
So is God talking about the happy feels when he says joy? I bring you tidings of happy feels, which will be for all people. Sometimes I wish that was the case, but what he is talking about here is something more constant than feelings, because we all know that feelings can come and go. So let's look at what God actually means when he says the word joy. When we see the word joy in the Bible, it means, the root word of it, is to extend favor, to lean towards, be favorably disposed, the awareness of God's grace, favor, joy. Putting all of that together and looking at, the, looking at what the word means as a whole is joy is God's grace recognized. Wow, I had never thought of joy that way. Maybe you're like me and you've always just thought of it as feelings to come and go. But joy is God's grace recognized. Rejoice because of grace. Joy because of grace. So the scripture reads, I bring you great grace recognized. I bring you tidings of great grace recognized, which will be to all people. That's pretty cool. But like you might have heard before, I'm a words person, so I wanted to dig a little bit deeper. So I looked up the word will be. This great recognized grace will be for all people. Will be actually means I exist. I am. It's a timeless word. So who is the I am? Our Father. It's Jesus. He is our never-ending gift. So this grace recognized, this I am, the I am, is a gift for who? For all people. All people means a whole. I think we all could have guessed that. But there's a part of this that also stood out to me. One piece at a time. Because God works in seasons. He was working then. He's working now. He will be working. And when he came for all people, he was coming for those that were then, those that had been, and us right now, one piece at a time. Joy and perspective go hand in hand. In the beginning of the verse, the angels say, behold, right? Which means see. It calls attention to what follows it. This reminds me of Hebrews 12, 2. It says, let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Behold, let's look to Jesus. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, our grace recognized who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. The joy set before the Father. I've heard people talk about this um, time and time before, and most of the time what I hear is, he was thinking of us. Yes, but I believe there's another piece of this puzzle. The joy that was set before him was the awareness of God's grace before him. Grace recognized before him. He was looking to the Father. His perspective was on the Father and his reunion with him. And in knowing, we would have the same reunion. The verse says, And he sat down at the right hand of God. I believe he was already seeing himself there. Grace recognized. 
The words before him, this joy that was set before him, before him means I am set to be set forth. I'm already there. How cool is that? When Jesus was on the cross and he was seeing this grace recognized, he was looking to the Father and that was set before him. To, to him and what that scripture is telling us is he was already there. To be present, be at hand, so that it can become actual or available. This is the example for us to follow. Fixing our eyes on Jesus like he fixed his on the Father. He is our grace recognized, our joy. So when we go through times of trouble, when we go through things where we feel like we're being pressed and it's uncomfortable and we don't like it, our joy is the grace of the Father looking to his face and seeing ourselves already with him, seeing ourselves in the position that he sees us as. So grace, because I keep talking about this grace recognized, and I think a lot of people, all of us, if we got together and I started asking you, what does grace mean to you? What does grace mean to you? We might all give a few different words and meanings to what it is to us. So let's look back at what God was meaning when he says grace, this grace recognized. It's a place of genuine freedom where we are free to obey God, not to obtain his favor, right? Not to work to grab at his favor, but because he has already given us his favor. We receive this grace three ways. Number one, because God reconciled the world to himself through Christ, through his sacrifice. Number two, unmerited favor, the unconditional acceptance that we receive from God. And number three, it's an empowerment for a task. Grace is a place of genuine freedom where we live out of a place of abiding and not striving with the Father. Seeing what he has done, is doing, and will do is how we endure. Trusting in his heart, even when we cannot trace his hand. That is not always easy, but it is possible. Jesus did it too. We set our sights on eternal perspective, us seated with him in heavenly places. And guys, we are already there and we will be there. So this joy isn't something that we strive to obtain. His grace frees us from wearying, self-generated endeavors, from all of our things that we try to do, that we would try to do to receive this grace. No, it frees us from that and releases us to allow his Holy Spirit within us to will and to do for his good pleasure. That's Philippians 2.13. Guys, that's great news that it's not up to us to make this joy thing happen. It's just us abiding with the Father and then letting him, letting the Holy Spirit work out this joy within us, no matter what we face. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. This is when um, one of the disciples was, was talking and they're like, man, like this is hard. And I've cried out to God multiple times and asked him to, to just free me from what I'm going through. And he says that the father's response to him was this. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. 
See guys, it's a free gift because he is a free gift. The same joy that was born that night in Bethlehem is the same joy that's available for you, the same joy that's available for me. All we need to do is abide to be with the Father. John 15, 9 through 11 says, As the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things about abiding and obeying, which the greatest commandment from Jesus was to love others, right? Is to love one another. And even when Jesus himself came and he was acting in obedience to the Father, it was an obedience of love. It was loving others. So when we obey, when we love one another because we're in love with the Father, we're abiding with the Father, it says, these things I have spoken to you so that my joy may remain in you and that your joy will be full. So how do we get joy in the midst of 2020? How do we get joy in the midst of whatever things that you might be facing, whether things are hunky-dory for you, yes, I said that, or whether they are not so great right now? How do we find joy? How is our joyful? By remaining in the Father, by abiding in Him. Joy, grace, recognize, grace seen, grace beheld, comes from abiding in the Father, looking into His face. And through that, He works out the fruit of joy in our life. Last scripture here, Galatians 5.22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is, you guys might know this one, is love, joy, peace, right? Keeps going. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. Again, I'm a words person, so let's look at the word fruit. Fruit here means the result of a life union with the Father. How do we bear this fruit of joy in our life? Through a life union with the Father, letting Him live His life through us, not striving, letting Him be who He is in our lives the work of Christ through our life. And he is faithful, guys, to complete every good work. So sometimes it may look like happy feelings and it may look like pruning because a part of that abiding in the Father and being the fruit comes pruning times, not fun times. <laughs> it may feel wonderful and it may feel horrible, but it's not our job to figure out this whole season that we're in. It's our job to abide and to let him do the rest, to let his spirit work within us, not to be in a hurry to rush through it, but to let him complete what he's doing. We set our affection and our attention on him. Behold, see, see him for who he truly is and see ourselves as he sees us. And it is in that grace recognized that joy is present no matter what the circumstance or what I'm feeling because his grace is present. He is the I am. Let's pray. Father, just thank you so much for this time of gathering together 
that even though we might all be in different places, Holy Spirit, you are present with each and every one of us right now. And I thank you, Father, that we have that promise that no matter what we face, like just like you, Jesus, that you endured and that you saw the joy. You looked to the Father's face and you saw yourself seated with him and you saw us enjoying that same moment of being seated with the Father. I thank you that we can have that same vision, that we can have that same perspective and find the joy that's available for us. That as we abide and we rest in you and let you be who you are to us and who you need to be to us. Maybe not who we want you to be in this moment, but who you need to be for us, Father. As we rest in that, I thank you that your joy Holy Spirit is working through our lives, that it's something that we can rest in, that we don't have to strive for it. And I thank you that our perspective will shift and begin to look to you and begin to see with the eternal perspective that you provide for us, that you are the I, the I am, that you are with us, that you were at the beginning of time, you're here with us now and you will be. So no matter what we're facing, it is not greater than you and it is not greater than your joy. So I thank you that the joy, that, that grace recognized of who you are and what you've given to us to be able to walk out this life, Father, I thank you that that would consume our hearts and our minds, God, that we would be filled with that joy and move forward from today on just being reminded of that daily of what's available for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.